Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Have you ever met a chief kindness officer? Now, I've met some CEOs, and I've met some CFOs and some CIOs, but I've never met a CKO. But you and I together are going to find out about this great guy, Randy McNeely. You can find him on LinkedIn at Randy McNeely, but you can find him. And McNeely is spelled M-C-N-E-E. L-Y, but you can find him here right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Randy, how are you today? I am doing great, Brian. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I Again, I, I'm going to start with the obvious. And, and I, normally, I don't start with the, with the obvious. I'll try to get, because I, I just, I don't want to ask questions everybody else is asking, but we'll, let's start here. What is a chief kindness officer you got to explain that title to me chief kindness officer is the is a chief advocate for kindness in culture and in or, in in my own organization which is me myself and me <laughs> and, and those but those that i interact with it, i i firmly believe that there is a power a quiet power in kindness and so my my company is called the peapock institute and people ask me what the heck does peapock stand for it stands for the positive engagement and economic power of kindness i believe that there is a power uh, in kindness in helping us be able to connect and build powerful trustworthy relationships with people and it's those kind of relationships that enable us to be successful personally and professionally so that's what I do. I'm, I'm, I'm the chief kindness officer because I, I strive to engage and act and, and do everything I do from the perspective of kindness. You know, the, I, I was I was interested in the Peapock Institute because, again, it's like, oh, man, that that's really cool. The You know, um, maybe we should do that here with the Intentional Encourager podcast, have the Intentional Encourager Institute or something like that or uh, hey, not? Yeah, what, well, a lot of people have told me I've needed to be institutionalized, but they've never told me I should start an <laughs> institute. So, but but when you when you are looking at PPOC, and that's such a, a unique word to to name your organization. That where did that inspiration come from for you to name your company in that way? And what are some of the responses you get when you when when you say I'm with the PPOC Institute? Well, the, the, the first thing they ask, well, what does PPOC stand for? And then I tell them it stands for the positive engagement and economic power of kindness. And and they're like, oh, really? Well, what do you mean by that? Every one of us, if, if we're in business, if we're and if we're dealing with people, whether we're in business or not, in, in life and in business, the way how, the way we connect is through positive engagement. And if you think about it, okay, what's the key to, to connection in order to be able to connect to somebody's heart in order to be able to really you know have a good conversation and start building a relationship with them you have to treat them right 
And if you if you engage with positivity, with what I call behaviors that are, are kindness behaviors or behaviors that are encircled by or encompassed by the circle of kindness, then you're going to have success. And those that means listening. That means learning about them, seeking to understand, and then seeking to be understood. It means treating people with uh, honest, being honest, having integrity. All those all those things. Randy, I I've t- I have told this, and and I'm telling you, man, you are are just really going deep on this and I love where you're going with it. I've told people this and I wrote this in my book, people buy from people. Yeah. I wrote this for, I wrote this and I, I use it all the time and I, and I use it with salespeople, but it, it's universally, it's universally applied. I say this, I say people buy connection before ever making a transaction. Exactly. And I love what you said there about, connecting through positive connection. I, I think I've got that written down. Positive right. engagement. Positive engagement. Thank you. I need to change that in the, in the, in the show notes here. I'm, I'm taking notes as, as you're talking, because I believe in the power of connection. Yeah. I believe that, that a lot of times we can solve a lot of problems in business personally and it, it, even politically, and, and I'll go here for just a minute. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I'll go here for just a minute. I have said this on many occasions, and again, people say, well, Brian, I wish you, and I'm not trying to get political. Here's what I'm trying to say, is that so many times people are weary, they're fatigued in political seasons because of the types of ads that are being run on radio and television and on on social media. You never see campaign ads that are positive in nature. It's always vote for me because my opponent's sleazy or vote for me because uh, my opponent did this or my opponent did that or my opponent did something else. And then people always say, and I hear this, well, I'm a proven leader. And I think to myself, You've never connected with me on your why. You never connected with me on what. You never you never connected with me. You just told me all the how great you are and how terrible your opponent is. Yeah. And so I I I am just to the point where and it's like I understand why people are fatigued during political campaign seasons because you can count on one hand the number of political ads that attempt to connect with voters, but yet all you hear from it in the midst of it is we just need to connect with voters. Do the simple things, focus on connection, focus on engagement. Randy, the floor is yours. Am I totally missing the concept here? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, let's, let's think about this for a second. It, it, the key to building relationships is connection. Just like you said, you you cannot you cannot build a trustworthy relationship if you cannot connect to somebody's heart. And what is the key ingredient for connecting to somebody's heart? The key ingredients to connection is kindness. It's 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 meeting people where they are. It's understanding, you know, what they're going through. It's it's seeking to understand those things. And giving them a chance to voice, to, to have a voice and to speak up and to share what's going on. And if, if you're not willing to 
look for and understand how to make that connection and then you know strive to do that you're going to have a hard time being successful as the key connection is the keystone of success there's a lot of other other things that go into success but connection is that keystone you remove that keystone and everything else falls to the ground i'm glad you repeated that because if you weren't i was going to have you repeat it again connection <laughs> is the keystone to success absolutely i'm a hundred percent um, I am on board because here's the thing. And, and I said this and I've said this many times and I'll share this with you in this conversation. When I wrote people buy from people, it was, it was a phrase that my dad said to me when I started in sales 26 years ago, my late father told me, he said, never forget son, people buy from people. And I thought, well, that's just a good thing from sales from, from his years of experience, just passing on a little wisdom to his son until I got halfway through writing the book, Randy, and I realized my dad wasn't talking to me about sales. Yeah. He was talking to me about connection. Exactly. He was trying to yeah. tell me, son, in everything in life that you do, people buy from people. Yeah. In everything that you do. What's the one piece about connection in your mind that people overlook or don't get right in connection? Oh golly, I've never had anybody ask me that question. Let me let me I'm gonna have to think about that for a second. I consider that a win, my friend. That's what we try to do <laughs> on the intentional encourager. But because here's the thing, and, and, and I don't mean to, to jump in here. I don't think we should be asking the same questions everybody else is asking. No, we shouldn't. And, and so that's why I wanted to ask you that question. What's the one piece about connection that people overlook or don't realize is is as valuable to them as it should be? It's a soft skill, and too many people think that nice guys finish last. You've got that nice guys finish last mentality, and uh, and so they, they 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 almost feel like too, too many people almost feel like it's a, it's a sign of weakness when you're kind to other people and do those things that allow you to connect with them, and they overlooked the power that that connection has. It's a, it's not a loud brash, here I am, you know, superpower, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a quiet power, but it, it brings in, it, it, it allows you to connect to people's hearts because people feel and know that you care. And you, you've, yeah. we've all heard the statement, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. hundred percent. Hundred percent. And Randy, I'll say I'll say this here. I, I am amazed that people equate connection today with how many followers they have or how many how many connections. It's a number rather than a way of life. Yeah. Is is the best way that I'll say that because again, I don't I'm not I've never been overly concerned with how many connections and followers and things like that I have, because to me, everyone that connects with me, I, I consider it an opportunity to, to build a new relationship with someone yeah. and, and to, and this podcast, I'll, I'll share this with you. And I haven't probably haven't shared this before, but just being transparent and, and bringing our audience into the conversation. Sure. 
this podcast has allowed me the vehicle. It's been the single greatest vehicle to connect with great people like yourself because I probably wouldn't have had a chance to connect with you had this podcast not existed. Well, yeah. Then, you know, that's the beautiful thing about platforms like LinkedIn too. I mean, I, I have in the last year had the privilege of connecting with people all over the world. I've been interviewed from in, in, in Australia and in Singapore, uh, in Canada, in, uh, you know, the UK, various locations from people all over because of, of platforms, uh, like LinkedIn because of podcasts. And so it's been a great, it's a blessing. It really is. And I hate having it. I don't do interviews. I hate interviews. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to have an interrogation with you. I want to have a conversation. And so why, let me ask you this. This well, is, me, this, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, please. Throw please. out there. When I say interviews, I mean conversations like this. That That's what I've, you know, I've had conversations. That's a better way to, to put it. I've no, no, no. I wasn't. Conversations. Well, I, and I wasn't trying to correct you there, but you brought no, up something. You, now you brought up something else that I want to park on for you just for a minute. Sure. Why do you think that it is in organizations and things like that? Why are we more interested in interviews and interrogations than we are conversations and connections? I think too many people are concerned about how something that happened is going to make them look as opposed to and they want to throw, you know, they're preparing to throw blame on somebody as to opposed to practicing blameless. Um, oh, golly, I can't think of the word. What's well, blameless conversation, right? Blameless, yeah, as opposed to blameless conversation. Let's let, let's not focus on what happened. Let's focus on, okay, well, or focus on what happened, but let's focus on why it happened, not who made it happen or what caused it or other things like, why did this happen? How did this happen? And what are we going to do to correct this? Too many people are ready to uh, throw, try to deflect blame or, or deflect trouble from themselves onto other people rather than trying to have a conversation and understand, you know, what's going on and what's happening. That's one, one, one problem. The other thing is, is uh, again, it, it comes from selfishness. More people, too, too often, people are more concerned about what's going on in their own lives, and they kind of operate with a window around them or a box around them, and yeah. don't take the time to find out and see what's going on in other people's lives. Yeah. If there's anything positive that has come out of COVID, it's really brought to the forefront the need to understand and recognize that everybody working within organizations is a human being that, you know, something I, I've said many times in many interviews or many conversations, I should say, <laughs> I like that word better. I'm going to, I got to make sure I ingrain that many conversations I've had is that when we come to the door, if using going into a building to work as a metaphor, you come to the door, how many times have you ever come to a, an organization that you're working at, gotten to the door and, and seen a box there that says, dump your human needs here? Never. There's the, it's, yeah. It's never, yet, Zero. How many yeah. Have you, have you walked in? And been made to feel like your your human needs don't matter. You're an automaton. You're a warm button, a chair, and and get to work. 
Well, it's it, it's it's the way we've been ingrained, Randy. It's 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 leave your 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 personal problems at home. Don't bring them to work, and don't bring your work problems home. You know, we we have we have tried to compartmentalize everything, and people have said, "Well, when you're at work, you're at work. Yeah. Don't you don't you dare." You know, I don't care what happened on the way to work this morning. When you're here from eight to five, you're here from eight to five, and we got to get the job done, and we got to do this, and we got to do that. And my friend, my friend Rain Kansman talks about work-life balance, and talking about listen, what you're dealing, your, your life doesn't stop when you get to the office. Exactly. You don't stop being human. You don't stop having those needs. Those, if you hit somebody in a car. On the way to work, I don't care who you are. If you get in an accident or something like that, that the experience that day is going to affect you for the rest of that day. And well, it it's you for it's many the, days to come. It's the <laughs> it's the Michael Scott principle because there's an episode of The Office. If you watch The Office, there's an episode of The Office where Michael's pulling into work that day and he hits Meredith with his car in the work parking lot. And he just brushes it off like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, busy morning, hit Meredith with my car. Oh, you know, hey, just, you know, he just kind of plays it off like, oh, no big deal. Let's get, you know, let's get busy and get to work. And, 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 and Pam, the receptionist stops him like you hit Meredith with your car. No, this is a big deal. You gotta, you gotta fix this. And he just kind of plays it off like, yeah, yeah, we got work to do. Let's, you know. She'll be okay. Yeah. She'll go to the hospital. She'll be fine. But, uh, hey, let's step aside here, take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the two things that are direct byproducts of kindness. All right. Hold on That's for that great. one. We'll come back here in just a moment here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Hey, everybody. Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you, as a business owner, can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Randy, the two things, and I was, I was reading through some notes here, and this caught my attention. The two byproducts of kindness. I love this because I wasn't aware that these are byproducts. And and and, and I was thinking, I thought, man, that's really good. That's that's really impactful. So talk about the two byproducts of kindness. Well, when you're talking about the two byproducts of kindness, are you talking about in terms of what the, the first one you've already been hitting on is connection. It's yep. ability to be able to connect. But another huge byproduct, especially of organizations, is economic growth. Yeah. 
believe it or not, and, and I call it the power, the economics of kindness. When you treat your people right, meaning your internal cu customers, your internal clients, your colleagues, what happens? When, if, if they come to work, they like coming to work, they feel like they're working for a, a good company who has their best interests at heart, where they're treated right, where they're given a voice, where they can use their creativity and all those things. Or, you know, and they're treated right, that unleashes their creativity. It unleashes productivity. It unleashes innovation. Yeah. Well, so then what happens when they, when, they, when they really enjoy what they're doing and they're being innovative and creative, how do they treat your customers, your external customers? They, they want to take great care of them, and, and they're happy to talk to people about your company. And so they, they, they not only take good care of your customers, they also become an extension of your marketing team. So you end up spending less money for marketing because you can get direct referrals from people that they've talked to, you know. And then when, when those things happen, what happens to your overall bottom line? Your bottom line goes up. Why? Because your customers are happy. They're going to bring you return, return uh, business. And they're going to be happy to be part of your – I mean, they're going to be a, 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 another extension of your marketing team because they're going to – tell people, going to tell people about you. Anybody, if they hear somebody talking about something that has to have, that needs to be done and they know that company XYZ does that and they do a great job, they're going to say, oh man, I go to company XYZ. I, you know, they've done a fantastic job for me. I, you know, I, I'd be happy to put you in contact with somebody there. Well, they become evangelists is, is really yeah. what they do. They become evangelists because, and we think of evangelists as being preachers or, or people that, and, and, and really if you get to the word preach, it means proclaim. And exactly. so your customers are proclaiming to people in their sphere of influence. This company is worth doing business with. I love this company. They, they take care of me. And, and Randy, it's so amazing to me how companies out there are trying to use every means possible through social media platforms and other things to connect in air quotes with customers when if they will just connect, if they will just continue time and time again to build evangelists and raving fans, they won't need to spend nearly the money on external marketing as they will with people just going, you got to do business with this company. Exactly. I mean, a perfect example. I moved to Colorado in 2002. No, I moved to, I moved to Aurora in 2000, Aurora, Colorado in 2002. I went to work my first day there. It turns out I needed to find a mechanic. And one of the ladies that I had uh, just met, super nice lady, I said, hey, do you, do you have a mechanic that you use around here? Somebody that, you know, somebody that you trust, that you feel comfortable recommending? And he says, oh, yeah, Eddie down at the corner. And I can't remember what the name of Eddie's shop was, but you, you go to this shop and Eddie will take good care of you. And I'm telling you, I, I went and I met Eddie and his partner and they were fantastic. And, and they, they, they always took good care of me. They always, you know, if I ever came in and said, I have problem X, Y, Z, or at least I think I do. And, and, and they said, well, let's check it out. And they would check it out and they come back and say, well, you know, you have problem X, Y and Z might be a problem later on, but it's just problem X right now. So, you know, and, and I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to spend 500 or a thousand dollars. So how much it can cost? Oh, that's $150, you know, with, with labor and parts, we'll take good care of you. 
and or if I thought I had to have something done, they tell me I didn't need to. The point I'm getting to, and I'm taking too long, is no, you're good. They never spent one dime on advertising ever. I asked Eddie, and, and they were packed. They were packed every day. They they had business, and and they had to turn away business because they yeah they couldn't do everything. I'm I'll bet I referred. And I became an evangelist for them because they did such a great job. I'll bet well, during the time. R- Randy, I, there, let me jump in here. The the lady that you met and said, hey, I'm having a little trouble with my car. How long did it take her to bring Eddie's name to your attention? Split second. Instantaneously. Instantaneously. So when, yeah, so when you said, I need an auto mechanic, and she, bang, just immediately. Oh, go to Eddie. Yeah. It's almost like and, a and reflex. I, and, and, yeah, and, like and, a reflex. Yeah. And it became my reflex. I bet in the time I lived there, I lived there for four years. In the time I lived there, I bet I referred over a hundred people to him, man, at least. Man. At least man. that that is so good. I want to read something from your your LinkedIn bio, and I love this. This really, you talk about the culture that Eddie and his business partner created in their in their shop. I want yeah. to read this to you. Health and happiness come as we adapt and ingrain behaviors that empower us to create powerful and personal, powerful personal and professional cultures that enable us to thrive. I want to park on two words there. It's probably not the two words you're thinking about. (laughs) Adapt and ingrain. Because again, I can see a picture in my mind of Eddie saying from day one, we are going to adapt this behavior of taking care of people first and foremost, always doing the right thing, and then ingraining those behaviors to say, we are going to every customer interaction, we've adapted this behavior, and every customer interaction is going to be ingrained with this behavior to create that culture. What does adapt and ingrain mean to you when you're working with businesses around developing a culture of connection, health, and happiness? Well, you know, it, it means exactly what you said. You know, the beautiful thing is I, I'm a licensed CultureWise consultant, and CultureWise is a fantastic well, they, it's it's a it's an operating system for creating world class cultures. We work with or I work with organizations to help them identify the behaviors that they need to have, want to have in their organization in order to have a world class culture, in order to have the culture that they desire to have, where there's high high employee loyalty, there's high morale where there's high productivity, high creativity and innovation, and where there's high customer satisfaction. They want to build those kind of cultures. So I help them identify the behaviors and then work with them to develop the rituals, AKA the habits around those behaviors that they need to have and practice every day in order to be able to ingrain that culture into their organization. It's, it's by practicing that we ingrain things. It's just like, you know, if you're going to learn how to play the piano, you can't just learn how, you can't learn how to play the piano just by looking at it or by thinking about the keyboard or 
things like that. You have to actually take lessons from someone who knows how to teach you, and then you have to practice. And it's constant practice, and that's the way we improve. It's the same thing with our culture. The interesting thing is, people. another way to think about this is our cultures are the heart of our organization. And there are specific things that need to occur in order for that heart to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And so those those behaviors, those things that you practice, are what in, and, and and ingrain are what allows your your company heart to maintain health. Just like in our physical physical bodies, we need to do specific things, exercise, eat right, and do those other things that we need to in order to be able to have a healthy heart so we can function. And and it's the same way in in organizations. Well, you said a couple of things that I want to park on here real quick. So I play piano, and mm-hmm. so. One thing that stood out to me is when you understand how notes work together when you're playing in a certain key. Yeah. So so I tell people when 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 they ask me about things, and I, I was showing my son a few things, and I said, look, there's there's 13 notes. And I said, if you go up three from the note you're starting with, that's your second note in a chord. And I said, if you go up three more, you've made the third. And I said, so if you if you go, I know if I start here and I go up three and then I go up another three, I've made a chord. You can know notes all you want to, but chords are where the notes come together in harmony. Yeah. It's, it's the health and happiness coming into harmony with the ingraining of the culture that you're trying to, 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 to do it. So if you play two notes together, and you just play those two notes, not going to sound nearly as good. And then as you as you get more proficient, you add in another note, which makes a seventh chord, or you add in, yeah. you, you can really begin to open up the keyboard. But if you don't get the chords right, you're not going to be able to open up anything in the keyboard. You're not going to be making music. You're not going to be making music exactly right. And so... I love what you said there about the piano. And then when you talk about the heart, uh, from someone who has lost loved ones to heart issues, sudden heart issues, yeah, I understand better than anybody about having to take care of your heart because your heart really will tell you a lot of things that are going on inside your body. And, and here's what happens too, Randy, and I, and I went through this with my dad. My dad in a day's time went, he just thought, well, I'm just not feeling good. And and what happened was his heart rate was slowing down and he had to get a pacemaker. And so it had to bring that that heartbeat back up. And a lot of times what does it in, in an organization is everybody saying, okay, we need to put a pacemaker on this thing so everybody can be lifted to the same heartbeat all the time. That's what a pacemaker does. It keeps that heart rate at a consistent, balanced rhythm so it doesn't drop too low and it doesn't get too high. It's yeah. right there in balance. So I love what you said there. Let's step aside, take a quick break. When we come back. I want to tell Randy's story in the in the time that we have left. You're not going to want to miss it. Come back here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Yeah. 
Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People, 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew. And he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger deeper and more powerful connector. You've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up. Kindle, if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email and I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of people buy from people. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Randy, let's dive into your story. We were talking before we started recording. Uh, you spent some time here in my home state. I never get anybody on the Intentional Encourager podcast that says, I actually lived in West Virginia. Most people are running to go away from this state. And you're like, oh, I missed my time there. And and uh, I was noticing in your profile, you still have a West Virginia phone number, which is awesome. We're going to have to, yeah. to connect <laughs> on that one. But go back as far as you want to go from point A to point B and tell your story. Well, I'll, I'll make it brief. Uh, a lot of people have heard this before, but I'm going to share it again. I, you know, I was, I grew up in a Christian home. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I, and I was taught to have faith in, in God and in Jesus Christ. And But I, my, my father, while he went to church and stuff and taught those things, he didn't live them very well, and, and it, was, it was an abusive home. I... I was sexually abused. I was verbally abused, and and, and by him, and you know, and, and I openly share that now. It took me a long time to be able to talk about that kind of stuff, but I was fortunate enough. You know, my good mother constantly was praying with us, and 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 she lived up to the teachings of Jesus Christ that we were taught, and I was fortunate enough to have good friends who helped me to know and feel that I was loved and uh, you know and my, my dad ended up making some serious mistakes he ended up going to prison for a time and of course that was spread all over the place and it was a it was a very challenging thing to work through and of course you know you can't go through that kind of experience without ha without it having a big impact on your life and, Randy and did I gotta jump in here did did what happened to you inside your home was that the effect that was that the event that sent your father to prison or was it, was it some, I, because again, and I've, and I, and, and I had someone on here on my podcast earlier, a good friend of mine, Josh Deshay, who talks about going through a similar situation, but with a family friend of his father's yours was, was, was more intimate. Was that the event that sent your dad to prison? 
Oh, that and, and, and a series of things that ended up sending him to prison. And, and I'm not going to get into all that. But No, I, I, I was curious about that because, again, you have – that's the ultimate – to me, it's one of the ultimate forms of trauma. Oh my God! Is is someone that you <laughs> someone that is a, yeah someone that is supposed to love you, and and protect you, and and take a bullet for you, is the one that's causing you the problems. How long did it take you to to get to the point where you were able to get past that? Did, was it was it well into your yeah. adulthood or or how and how did you? How did you get past that that trauma early in your life? Well, you know, I was able to make it through that time. I was a teenager when he was getting prosecuted and ended up going to jail and all that stuff. Those years, I was able to make it through that because I had friends who loved me. I had friends who cared about me, you know, people in my my church congregation as well as friends at school. And, and my, you know, one of my lifelong friends my best friend one of my best friends Gary Orchard I I hung out at his house a lot and his parents took me under their wings like I was one of their own children and I was able to see in their marriage what it was like to have a solid marriage and what it was like to be a, a, a real family because there was a lot of peace and comfort in there I spent as much time in their home as I could but, you know, so those, those, that's what helped me make it through my teenage years. And then later as an adult, I, I met and married one of the most amazing people on earth. And she is the most amazing person on earth as far as I'm concerned, my dear sweetheart, Kimberly. And, uh, but it, it was after we got married, different things happened that, that really brought things to a head for me that I, I needed to get some help counsel wise. And, and I did. And. I needed to be able to let go, and but the the thing that helped me to be able to do that is is my faith in Jesus Christ, and my my faith in God, our our heavenly Father. It was with their help. I couldn't have done it on my own, and, you know. With but with with a lot of prayer, a lot of counseling, a lot of a lot of personal hard work, and faith in Jesus Christ, and ultimately through Him taking away. Mm-hmm. the anger out of my heart and being able to fill me with love. Randy, and, I got I, I got to go here for just a minute. You mentioned your wife, Kimberly, and just being a powerful influence. Yeah. And, and most people would say, you know, when you're developing that, that dating relationship and you get serious and, and, you, you say, okay, I, I believe you're the one I'm supposed to be with. You believe I'm the one you're supposed to be with. You're starting to have to put these cards on the table. Yeah. What was that like for you when you said, listen, I've got something I got to tell you. And this may or may not impact things. Can you take me to that moment where you guys sat down? Because obviously the way you so beautifully described her as the love of your life and being that one of those people in your life that helped save you and bring you out to, and, and I don't mean that in a salvation, uh, an eternal salvation, like you were talking about, but those people that, that come to your rescue. And it sounds like she was that person, one of those people in your life. How was that conversation? What was it like for you? Would, did you have to kind of say, I, I've got to get over the fear of telling her this because she needs to know it. 
Well, interestingly, you know, I was fairly open about some of the things that had gone on with my wife and let her know about what had happened and stuff. But um, I don't remember a, a specific conversation or anything like that. We just we just had conversations, we various conversations, and and got to know each other. And I shared with her some of the the challenges that I'd been through. But I I was in a pretty good state. And, and it was interesting. It was after we got married, and after certain some some things happened, some triggered some some emotions, and I and I uh, had some some uh, <laughs> personal trauma again that I'm I'm not going to get into here. Sure. Happen. Sure. That really is what brought out the, the 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 recognition in myself that I you know I thought I had pretty much just kind of let things go and 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 was doing okay. And then these events happened and triggered some real anger in me. So you thought you were over it, right? So I mean, yeah, I, mean, you, I, I thought I thought I was I thought I was doing okay and handling things okay, but in reality, I'd just been suppressing things in my in my mind and some things that happened where, you know, it, it could have I it could have been. Um, Good, bad things might have. Well, boy, how do I say this? I had a dream, and in my dream, I was so angry with my father. In my dream, I say I woke up. I was punching the bed because in my dream I was trying to punch my dad. And uh, when I woke up, I woke up punching my bed, and realized I was only like two or three feet away from my wife. If I'd been over any further, you know, this is a dream. It's a dream, but that really hit me. I said, I, I, I need help. I'm not over this. If these kind of, if dreams like this can cause me to, you know, have that kind of powerful reaction, then I, I, I need to get some help. I didn't want to find that I had, you know, we've all turned over in our sleep and accidentally whacked our wife or, 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 or you know, whoever's yeah, there. Yeah. But I didn't want to find that, you know, in my dream, I'm that I, you know, that I wake up in my sleep, I'm over, you know, that I've actually hit my wife or hurts. So anyway, that 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 led me to to really reaching out and getting some some counseling and getting some help that I needed in order to be able to start down the path of healing. But honestly, again, the final thing that 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 helped me is just is my faith in Jesus Christ and and. And his love for me, and 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 extending that feeling of giving me the feeling and the power of forgiveness, yeah. forgiving myself because I blame myself for a lot of stuff, which really was ridiculous because I wasn't the cause. But then also being able to forgive my father and and have a conversation with him, and let him know that that you know, I mean, we had a deep conversation, and I let him know that I how much the things that had happened had hurt me, but I also let him know that I, that I forgave him and that I wasn't going to hold it inside anymore. I wasn't going to bring anything that happened in the past up anymore. I was just, you know, I, I, I had to let that go and get it, get the poison out of my soul. Was your dad in prison? Was he still in prison when you had these conversations no. with him? No, he'd gotten he, out. He'd it, gotten it, out. Believe it or not, he didn't, he, 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 was, he, he only, <laughs> He only got sentenced to a year in prison, and he ended up getting out after about nine months for good behavior. What was that conversation like, Randy? And again, I want to I want to share. I want to tell you this. Thank you so much 
for being transparent about your story. And I am so honored that you chose this podcast to share that story. And I know you may have shared it on other podcasts, but thank you for having enough confidence in me and this audience that you would want to share something like that. That means so much to me. And it's not why we, it's not why we do this podcast. I'm not saying that at all. It is the fact of you, you, you thinking this podcast is good enough to tell that story because again, you're sharing an intimate part of your life and what you've overcome would you mind taking me through that conversation when you finally were able to sit down with your, with your father and say, listen, because of my faith and because of the way that I believe and the way that I am and the forgiveness that I've received, I want to now extend that to you because I, and we, when we've got a conversation that, that uh, we just recorded a couple of days ago, that will come out that you, that you will hear by the time you hear this in a similar situation, uh, where a couple of friends of mine that are brothers, both of them now been on the podcast, their father was an alcoholic and they had to deal with a strained relationship that a lot of their life growing up, the pain and things that, that they went through with the strained relationship with their father because of his alcoholism. And so, and I, I didn't go through anything like that with my dad. My dad was a Christian. My dad was in, in leadership. My dad had one issue that we had to deal with, but thank God we moved. I've not ever been through that. But what was that conversation like when you finally sat down with your father and said, look, we, we've got to talk and, and I'm going to, you, obviously you made the choice to say, I'm today, I'm going to forgive him because of the, but what was that conversation like? Well, it, it, it was it was healing. I, it was healing. I, I I was able to, you know, sit down and and just have a heart to heart, candid conversation. And then you know when I was able to to say, Dad, you know, and and and, and he apologized. I mean, and he asked for my my forgiveness. I didn't say, and and I was able to say. Yeah, Dad, I, I I do forgive you. You know, I I forgive you, and 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 let's uh, now let's re- rebuild, let's build our relationship from here. Did he you know? ever explain himself? Because sometimes people will say, "Well, I was going through this," or you know, in in, in talking to friends of mine that had alcoholic abusive fathers or mothers, when they get to that point of reconciliation and healing. The, the the father and mother says, well, you have to understand I was dealing with this and I didn't know how to deal with it. So it was, this was the way I was handling it. Did your dad ever explain himself or why the behavior happened? No, not really. It, it, it was, you know, my dad had a really hard time sharing his feelings. And, and I didn't understand why at the time. I, you know, I've learned a few more things about the home he, you know, about how he and my uncles were raised since he passed away, and since my grandmother passed away, you know, things that uh, I didn't know before that helped me understand a lot more about why he was probably the way he was. But he didn't. He just he had a hard time opening up about anything. It just it. it, it I think he was scared. It scared him to talk about those kind of things. It, it just. And so he kind of just, he 
clammed up and kept his feelings to himself but he did you know he he did he you know he fully acknowledged that what he had done was absolutely wrong and that he was sorry for all the pain that he had caused me and and you know his last the last few years of his life we we had a better relationship he never really you know got to develop a relationship with my children and things because even though we had had our conversation there were uh, there was still an element of um you know i just didn't feel comfortable having my kids around him i just put it that way it, just because of the things that had happened when i was growing up but but uh we were able to develop a better relationship and 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 let things go on the only reason i brought any of that up is because it helps people to understand what makes me tick people ask me why i am so driven to give kindness why do i you know why do i think kindness is so important why do i play the kindness note <laughs> you got a full piano piano uh, key you know 26 keys on the board why do i constantly hit the kindness note yeah. And it's and it's because, you know, I went through those challenges, and if and, and and I understand what it's like to be afraid in your own home. I understand what it's like to be verbally abused and to go through the other, you know, the sexual abuse and other things like that. And I understand what it's like to feel like you're you're nothing, like you're worthless, and all those things. And I also understand what it feels like to know that I'm a child of God. Yeah. And that I have value, eternal value, infinite value. Yeah. And that I'm worth being loved and I'm worth loving. And then, then it, that because I have that priceless understanding, I can reach out and give that love away to other people. Now, one other thing you talked about, hearts. I'm just going to share this. Your audience needs to hear this. I just recently, I talk about kindness and I'm always kind to other people. Well, I, 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 it was brought forcefully to my attention two weeks ago that I had to be kinder to myself. I ended up in the emergency room, had to have an emergency heart procedure, had to have a stent put in. And, it, and uh, you know, kindness begins with me. I have to remember that we have to take care of ourselves. That's a big part of being kind if we want to be, be around to be kind to other people. And so... If I could leave any kind of message, take care of yourself, be healthy, take care of your heart, and then take care of other people. And as you extend love and kindness to other people, it'll always come back. Our world needs that love and kindness now more than ever. You know, with all the challenges that have come out because of the COVID, you know, because of the pandemic, you have more people that are having emotional, mental challenges than, than in the history of, you know, since those statistics have been uh, recorded yeah it's it's a real challenging time and so you know any if I had the ability and I've said this before and I'll say it again if I had the ability and could extend my arms around the world I'd give a hug to anybody yeah anybody going through rough times right now and I'd do everything I could to comfort them and lift them up yeah because that's you know that's what the Savior did for me has done for me and I want to be like him. I hope yeah. that someday when I die, that on my gravestone it says, 
like the Savior did, says he went about doing good. Wow. Nothing else I can add there. You, you, I, I would normally end our conversations with share your biggest piece of intentional encouragement. You beautifully wove it in there. And Randy McNeely, wow. Just wow. Tell folks how they can connect with you. I know they're going to want to connect with you and, and get more of your content. If they want to find out more about the Peapock Institute, tell folks how they can connect with you. Well, my biggest social media platform is LinkedIn. That's where I, I spend most of my time. And then I have I have two websites. I have randymcneely.com, which is my personal website, which is actually under re major reconstruction right now. But they can go there and, and see what I my advocacy for kindness. And I, I'm promoting, you know, making year 2021 the year of kindness. But then professionally, you know, for the services I provide, they can go to uh, www.peepokinstitute.com. And that's where I offer my culture-wise uh, services. And I'm in the process of building my kindness by design personal culture creation system. So that's how they can connect. My goodness, what a tremendous conversation we've had today. And Randy, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate your kindness, your generosity of spirit, and thank you so much for sharing with us today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. And, and one other way they can connect, they can go look up my books. I've written The Kindness Giver's Formula. That's out on Amazon.com. If they look up The Kindness Giver's Formula, it'll come up. And then another one is The Daily Dose of Positive. 90 days of timeless nuggets a daily dose of positive volume one 90 days of timeless nuggets to enhance your life and thank you for having me brian it's been a real privilege i, I just uh, you know it's it's been a thrill for me to have the opportunity to be here with you randy it's been our thrill and again go go find his resources you can go to randy r-a-n-d-y mcneely m-c-n-e-e-l-y.com Peapock Institute is P-E-P-O-K Institute, I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E. Or you can find his books that he mentioned, The Daily Dose of... Uh, re repeat those again. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I blanked for a minute, Randy. That's okay. The Kindness Giver's Formula and The Daily Dose of Kindness, 90 Days of Timeless Nuggets to Enhance Your Life. I love it. I absolutely love it. Randy, thank you so much for joining us today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Hey, you're welcome. What a privilege. Thank you, Brian. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.